This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. First time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like, it is sure. With Ken Laird from the Mudd and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. He's the killer. Yeah. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. This is great, you know, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Well, the biggest slap in the face to Chara, he's making less guaranteed money than your guy John Moore next year. What an insult. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a new pecking order in the defense. New pecking core. order. John Moore, the ceiling. Nobody gets more than he does. So it's what's it, it going to take for people in this town to really love him? Does he have to like play for free or something, or what's the deal? <laughs> Who, Zidano? Yeah, or John Moore. Both of them. Because Moore might be playing. Well, too. you you want John Moore to play for free because you've just decided he's terrible. This is worth yes. We've established that over the We've last We've seen so years. many terrible defensemen come here, and you're going to pick on John Moore. <laughs> Why don't we bring up some Matt Lashoff talk? We'll get to the Chara trade coming up, but we have two weeks left in the regular Chara trade. Chara contract extension coming up. Two weeks left in the regular season, Matt. The Bruins clinched last night. They uh, aggregated this week 17-4 to in the goals department. Uh, pretty impressive wins over the Islanders, the Devils, the Panthers on the road. Bruce Cassidy, as I mentioned in the trending, 3-for-3 three three now in playoff berth. So pretty impressive. Just a, a quick... Hashtag TOD. Team of destiny. Oh, we're back there. Yeah, right. <laughs> we should get Johnston on. They're going to sue us. <laughs> after, they, after they trademark it, they're going to sue us for that one now. Uh, well, I mean, okay, let's start there. They're, uh, they looked, the Tuesday win, the most impressive. You're, you were talking up the Islanders uh, weeks ago. It's like Robin Lehner and uh, yep. you know, Grice, the, the dynamic well, they've, They've fallen duo. apart there. They really have. That was an unbelievable performance, really was. 39-13 uh, to 13 shots against on Long Island, 14-2 to two in the first period. Other than uh, Corrales getting uh, injured in the game, the next game, the, the oh, Jersey that was the game. Devils game. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, that, I mean that was just a plan. That was an awesome. Yeah, performance I mean you haven't today. seen a game like that in a while. I mean, that, that's definitely the best all around performance of the season for sure. I mean they've had better wins, you know, beating Washington and beating Tampa this year, but that's definitely the most impressive. That uh, was your TOD start win. To that's, that's back to looking like Team of Destiny material there. Absolutely, yeah, more more so than winning, you know, late second games against Ottawa and New Jersey, which is what sparked that comment in the first place. Yeah, you know, beating up on a team that's been leading its division most of the season the way they did against the goaltender who, if he had played more games, would be a Vezina favorite. Yeah, that's the one that you're looking at to say this is the one where they really look like the Team of Destiny if they played in a league that didn't include the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> And Corrali scores twice in the game, and Achari scores once, and they you know break long goal droughts. But this is a line you had been mentioning, the yeah. not the third line. This is the reincarnation of the Merlot line. They're starting games. They're setting tones. And then Corrali does go out, yeah. blocking a shot the next game, and that line is totally blown up. So as good as the week was, if you were really saying this is going to be a major Yeah, but you know what? That line Bruins. might be better now. Not to, not to knock Sean Corrali, but Charlie Coyle between Heine and Wagner. That line may actually be better because of Charlie Coyle's, you know, supposed offensive upside and his skill. Um, that might actually be the better third line. Well, the guy's got one goal and two points, I think, in fourteen games yeah, but he, with the Bruins. So I mean, you can I talk mean, about. We know it's upside. there. We know the pedigree's there. Oh, it's we, there. The, 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 it's in the, there. The track record's there more than Sean Corrales, and you know, 
Not obviously you want Sean Corrali in the lineup, but right now at least the, the injury is just making Bruce Cassidy's decision easier for when Johansson comes back. I mean, what a hulk uh, you are! So now you're spinning this as positive. The, the oh, it's not this line. Everything is positive. Praised. I mean, it's a team of destiny, so everything has to be positive. How can you knock this team right now? It feels like this is a team there. that is almost like a team of destiny. Do, right. do they haunt this place? Is that what the deal is? They're haunting this building. Is that what happens? you brought it up? You you tweeted it this week. You're poking the bear. Uh, you love that line. Yeah. Atari Corrali Absolutely. As a it's a great line, but you know what? It, was, it looked even better with Heinen. and Corrali Wagner was an amazing line, and now you put Coyle there. Here's the, the thing about that line. With, with Coyle there and Heinen, the way those two guys protect the puck with Wagner's you know ability to go to the net – no one's getting the no one's getting the puck from that line. If they get possession, they're not giving it up. Two games against Jersey and Florida. So well, let's, well, Florida. Let's face it, that's a tough team to play against when they're you know they because they they're just flying around. They look real. They're good. not really playing any structure or any system. They're just flying around. So it's it's hard to play against a hey. team like that. And you got you have to really take care of the puck against those guys because they do have so much speed and skill. They'll take advantage of any mistake you make. I mean that's why that was kind of an impressive win last night. You know th- these wins against teams that aren't in the race but think they're at least good teams or at least play you know Jersey's a totally different story that's a team that's playing their AHL roster but 2-9 and Florida's at least you know, playing for pride play. playing for jobs so right true okay well if that's the case and you believe they've they've got an answer for losing Sean Corrali and it's as simple as juggling that line into two the bottom yeah, six I mean, Sean Corrali's not irreplaceable he's I'm an excellent he is, player and but, uh, but you uh, you had a line with proven right. chemistry now you have a bunch of other guys coming back you have Johansson at some point in this week, we think. Right. right? And you have a decision to make where you're going to put him. Danton Heinen has been pretty good with Marchand and Bergeron. Right. In the absence of Pasternak before he came back. But he's been good with everybody since then. Since he left that line, he's played very well. It hasn't been a drop-off. He's actually carried that over. It's not a product of Bergeron-Marchand now. Well, what's the priority for this team going into the playoffs in terms of who they put where? Because to me... And we have Trump back in the news because the Capitals have a couple players that are not going to the White House. So I'm going to take take the Donald Trump uh, uh, comparison here. He, he was always... It would be EEI if he didn't do that. No, no. So he was <laughs> America first, make America great again, right? It's Krejci first for me. Make Krejci great again. Therefore, Pasternak should be playing on line two with David Krejci. Beyond nah. anything else, that's all that matters. Make, you're talking about for the playoffs? Yes, yes. So if you're playing yes, Toronto, yes. you put Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron together... And you make them, you know, just based on last year, shaking their boots. Because let's face it, they're scared of it right now. All right, game one, I'm with you. Okay, so game one, you put, game one through you, five, you bring the game down. one through five, you use that line. You get what at five games, you get like 22 points out of them in the five games, and then you have a lot of time to rest and figure out what you're going to do against Tampa. You don't. I mean, there's no reason. Plus, you still want to give Johansson a chance to see if he has chemistry with Krejci, and that's the perfect spot to put him in when he comes back. I mean, that's where Kuhlman... He played four games and had Kuh- one point. Kuhlman's the placeholder on that line. You pop him in there. Well, DeBrusque, was DeBrusque in there at the time? When he may not have been. You're he might right, not have been, right. and plus he was slumping a little bit. I mean, you know, he's hot and cold sometimes, but um, there's no way you don't play that top line against the Maple Leafs because they have no answer for it, and they've done nothing to answer it. I guess we'll talk about that later with... Uh, Mike Zeisberger when he calls in. Yeah, we're going. We're going two weeks for the playoffs, but we've known the opponent for f- a month and a half. It's our first Tampa playoff preview. Tampa, sorry, Toronto. You wanted Tampa. Yeah, I said let's get a Leafs guy on. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna get somebody from an opposing team, you're looking ahead past round one. Uh, you can't do that, my friend. Got to go short term. <laughs> 
The Leafs are I still totally dangerous. I am totally counting out the Leafs right now. First of all, they weren't that good to begin with. Second of all, the Bruins' first line is in their heads. Third of all, they got the coach taking veiled shots in the media at the GM Basically, when they're, they're two weeks in the playoffs. That, that quote. Oh, my God. Well, it's true. Who saw that coming? It's true, but you don't say that out loud to the Toronto media. Oh, well, man. Well, I'll save that for Zeisberger coming All right. up at uh, 8.30. Nobody knows who that is, but Mike Zeisberger is the chara of the NHL. He's, Absolutely. He's a big man with a long tenure, so he's been around for a long time. he's everybody's friend. Yes. But back to Heinen, Pasternak, line yeah. combinations. Heinen played really well with Marchand and Bergeron. You could make a case it was a better line. No, it's not. Better, a better, it was a more no. responsible line. Absolutely not. Because responsibility means just the offensive threat. That's all I care about is that threat. I want that top line out there until somebody figures out how to stop well, them. Well, they went 12-0-3 without Pasta. Yeah, well, you know, they <laughs> they got they high. I mean, it's, they were pretty good, but you know what? Heinen plus Heinen makes the other lines better. And what's the number one week this week kept talking about? The third line. No, no, it's Krejci scoring in the playoffs. <laughs> Don't you think Krejci, Krejci led, the, led, the team, led the entire league in playoff scoring twice in his career is, is a worry in the playoffs? Scoring? Well, he's a worry lately in getting depth Matt. scoring. He has, that has been the story. And we saw DeBrusque night. erupt against Toronto last year, too. I mean, that line's not going to be an issue. And Johansson is, is kind of a, a perfect compliment there. Either Johansson or Coyle, whoever you put there, is, is the perfect complement to that line because they can pr- protect the puck. I mean, they're different types of players, but they handle the puck. They know how to protect the puck. And they're, uh, that line's going to be fine. But you're, you're crazy, especially since there is some rust on Pasternak right now. You can see that, He'd... and you see sometimes that the th- that the the, the uh, splint is bothering him. Yep. So you put him with with you know in his most comfortable spot. You don't try start trying to force together that crazy Pasternak thing, which is so weird. How they played so well together in the World Championships last no, no, year. Why, now, why you but say they haven't really? Why, why is that forcing it together? You're putting a great because they haven't talent. really clicked in the NHL. I mean, they did a little bit when they had Marshan also and Bergeron was out. But as far as just Krejci and Pasternak with DeBrusque, it hasn't really well, clicked. Well, try it. You have seven games left in the regular season. Well, maybe season you do try it. But it, when it comes down to it, when you see Toronto on the other side, you're putting that line together. That's their nightmare. You make a strong case. Mike for, for, Babcock for leaving loses it. sleep at night thinking about that line and thinking about how he has to put Ron Hainsey against that line again. And that's part of what he's saying when he when he's taking <laughs> shots at the GM. He's like, you're giving me Ron Hainsey to go against Bergeron, Marshall, and Pasternak? Well, I mean, and by the way, Babcock's he's in no danger of losing his job, right? You're not trying to spit it. He might like, be. He is not. I've seen stranger things happen. That that you know that organization has a lot of money. And you start to, and he has what three years left on that deal. If if he starts taking your contract, if they're gonna, yeah. if they're so committed to Four the boy left. genius GM, they might uh, they might go the other way. You never no, know. They won't. They Maybe won't. that's why the Buffalo Sabres are sitting there, you know, getting the silverware ready to dig into some Mike Babcock because they lost Adam in the first time. Maybe he just wants to go across the uh, border there. But that'd be three first round playoff exits for Toronto if that, if it happens. Oh, well, it's going to be three straight, right? I, absolutely. I and and then what do you do? I mean, where do you go? I mean, how are you going to get better if you're not going to ever? Commit any money and resources. You know, that's the one thing Eugene Melnick, the Ottawa owner, who went on a few radio shows this week and decided to make some news. But that's the one thing he said is 100% true. They forgot about defense. Well, they traded for Muzzin. I mean, yeah, well, they, exactly. They traded for Jake Muzzin, a, a nice number two, number three defenseman. Who is their number one defenseman? Morgan Riley is an excellent offensive player with some defensive upside, but this isn't, there's no shutdown D there. There's no. Young, there's no Brandon Carlo for sure. There's no Charlie McAvoy there. I mean, it's just Car- Carlo. By the way, it's assumed he's going to be great in the playoffs. He's already talking about how nervous he is not having played at any show. <laughs> I'd be nervous game. that he's, he hasn't gotten there yet. There's six games <laughs> left, 
That too. But there's no guarantee he's not going to show some first round. Yeah, there might I be. Mean, Absolutely. And if you have Clifton, Camphor, and Moore in your in your rotation. <laughs> well, you're assuming you're getting uh, Krug and at least one of Krug and Grizzly back. Well, you hate Grizzly. So one of them plays with Carlo. You think Krug can't play D. So what's that? Well, I don't think anyone here ever said that. That goes down in the other place too. Is that haunting this this joint now yes. too? That guy's Haggerty's haunting this also, place. He's at our snack bar right now. He's haunting <laughs> us. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you want to get a part of Sunday skate today, two weeks left in the regular season with the Bruins clinching back to back hundred point years, and we get at the limited time to take your calls to yell at Calvin because of our Toronto guest on the way. Let's talk a little bit about the Chara extension. First of all, the timing of it. Why now with two weeks left in the regular season? Well, he wanted to share the day with Chris Sale. Yeah, is Nesson having like a extension is. Extension, extension day recap party. today or something? You know, well, it's the bigger signing. It's the bigger extension. <laughs> uh, but we know who we know who's actually physically bigger. Other than that, it it you know they had a little leverage, I guess, on both sides here. Uh, Chara wants guaranteed money for yeah. next year, right? So he right. gets well, it. The whole thing is guaranteed. Let's face it; you could say two million. But the bonuses were like 15 games played. 10 games played for yeah. $1.25 million. Right, exactly. So I think he's going to play that. Well, not necessarily. If he if he hurts his knee in the next right. week or two. Well, that's why it's he, only a one-year the deal. The Bruins and, pay him $2 million for not playing. Right, exactly. Which is and he's 42. Negligible. I mean, this is... If, you, you, anything less than you know putting Char up for Boston Bruins Sainthood at this point on that contract is, is, is ludicrous because... Uh, but he, but it he ha- did, there has been some negativity surround after the signing, right? You get you get a oh certain- who, yeah, Twitter Twitter fools. Yes, I mean, yes. I don't know. I don't see a lot of it. Most of these people are probably muted or blocked, so I don't see it. I see people reacting to it, and I'm like, why are you bothering? I mean, it's just nonsense. Two million dollars for a guy who's still the most feared penalty killer, it's the most two. feared it's defensive defenseman three, in the league. Three and a half, basically. Okay. You know what? I was looking back. Like Nick Lidstrom used to go year to year, but he was still making five six million at the end, and too. And you could say, well, he had a lot more in the tank, and brought more to the table in those last years, but you know, maybe the Red Wings would have been in different positions those last couple of years if he had been more fan friendly. I mean you can't do anything different than what he's doing right now and more cap friendly, I mean. There's nothing more he could do than give them this opening. I he mean could, geez. He could retire and then he'd give three right, three exactly. to spend but on then, somebody who's... And how are you replacing those minutes? Right. Another oh my Moore. God. I mean seriously people who want to complain about Zidane Chara, much like the people who complain about Tuka Rask you know, let's go to this like alternate universe. This thing where Zdeno Chara doesn't play for the Bruins anymore. Who's who's carrying the load back there? Who's killing penalties? Who's saving this team's rear end? Twenty five minutes and again. last night. Twenty five minutes last game night. In Florida. It was like Bruce Cassidy was trying to do like a tribute video or something. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the tribute. Twenty five minutes of Chara. Remember what this is like? Got it done. It's two hundredth goal. And it, it, it's it's kind of bad because I mean a seven to three game maybe he shouldn't be playing so much when you got Tampa coming up but well he has said let, I don't let the guy celebrate he doesn't want to rest they've talked about yeah they resting. talk about that all the time I'm resting guys but he said it it hurts his uh, game. yeah yeah they all say that it hurts his game if he misses one game at the end especially like if it's the last game of the year the, you know, the last game of the year they played Tampa I'm sure the Lightning will be sending their B crew and I'm putting my B crew on the ice too well, for Carlo that one. for sure better sit in there yeah, that's right Carlo he might want to sit out the rest of the next six games. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sitting out Char, I'm sitting out Bergeron, I'm looking for places to do this. I know none of them want to sit out. It's the hockey ethic. The smart thing to do is to really come off the gas here. And nope. unless you're playing a team that's playing for something. I love your spin on Char. You called him a top three defenseman. No, it's no longer top two or top four. <laughs> you're making excuses for the guy. Where did that come from? He's 42 years old. So he can play second pair, but he's still going to play 20-something minutes. So he's not a four. He's a top three. I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? This is because you never had a show with me before. Top See? three is a thing for you. Top three. All right. 
that's fine. I, listen, I, I I think it's a good signing for the Bruins. I I'm I'm not one to say they. To be honest, it's more insulting to Chara than anything. I'm kind of surprised he agreed to it. Well, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. The guy's a saint. Look what he's doing for your hockey team. He understands the salary cap. He understands other guys need to get paid. Guys who have accomplished, you know, a thumbnail of what he's accomplished in their lives, never mind their careers, and he's willing to stay here in this city where he gets so much crap from people who don't understand the, the sport of hockey, and he's willing to stay here and just make you know three point seven five million. I mean, if he went on the open market, you know, what what team would probably give him five six million to come give some legitimacy to their team? Never never mind what he would give to them as players. Now here's what uh, the GM Sweeney said about the signing. Yesterday, I'll play a little clip of this because it's not like you would expect. And even Cassidy was asked about it. I would, I would have expected them to come out and say, "Anybody who says Chara can't play, you're dead wrong. This guy's a top three defenseman. Whatever you want to say, this guy's playing major minutes." Yeah, they're all just kind of like, "Well, it's great. You know, it's good for he's a good guy in the room." They they don't really go over the top with Chara either. It's it's a little bizarre. <laughs> but Sweeney did praise like his salary cap acumen uh, right. in this clip. First and foremost, uh, Zidane's earned. Uh, the opportunity uh, to continue to play. It's it's always been our you know, understanding that we would continue to talk to him and, and let him decide uh, ultimately where his you know, well-being is, both m- mentally, physically, the whole bit. Um, and we spent a lot of time last year, very unique situation, where Zidane wanted to understand a little bit more about the landscape and moving forward and going year by year and how imperative it was um, for us as an organization. And... Uh, you know, so good for him to have an understanding of it, and, and uh, you know, so it works out great. Uh, it's fine, I guess. It's just good for him. Uh, does that sound like a guy who's thrilled to be having it's, Chara for another year? He's almost yeah. embarrassed. It's, it uh, sounds like Don Sweeney. I guess. Maybe it's just hey, he's Sweeney just not is. that enthusiastic, you know. He keeps it even keel, you know, one game at a time, one day at a time, one move at a time. But obviously the salary cap is on his mind, yeah. which, which is McAvoy and Carlo contracts coming up, right? So they have to yeah, pay these and, two and guys Dan, And actually Danton Heinen is playing his way into something too here. So, you know, and then the, the brush the year after. I mean, you're going to have uh, this going on. This is what happens when you build a young team. Uh, you're going to have this, especially when you want to keep you want to keep it all core together and you want to bring in younger guys who play the way these guys are playing. This is uh, the world you live in, and uh, let's face it, there's a lot of teams that are worse positions out of the Bruins, but if Chara decided he wanted to cash in, that you'd be in the same position as some of these other teams, Toronto's and the Edmonton's and whoever else can't uh, seem to balance their caps. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, McAvoy and Carlo are restricted free agents, which means yeah. the Bruins have the rights for a couple more years. Right. They just have to tender them, so they could get away with sort of low-balling them and paying them like a million whatever uh, per season but but they're but you most have to accept, teams don't you have to accept that, you have to right? accept the tender that's you have to why accept it right so that's so, not good so they I mean, have to work they, out they get tendered a contract but then it's not they're not going to accept it that's the so McAvoy turned one down last year then he got hurt no no last year he an extension oh yes. maybe an extension yes. yeah I, mean, I haven't kept up on other people's stuff whatever okay is, is but that, that, that was written somewhere okay so and then his agent said he, his uh you know he got yeah. hurt so we, we've just tried to get him healthy right okay so they're trying to reestablish his value. But right. long, long story short, what is he going to make? How, how, what's the average annual value on the second contract for Charlie oh, McAvoy? I mean, honestly, like five million I, I think I've said before I would give him eight times eight and just be done with it. The guy's your, your defenseman. This is the cornerstone. This is the new cornerstone of your, of your def, uh, defense after Charlie leaves. Um, I've said it a million times. You know, It's McAvoy, Carlo, Vakaninen. So you start with the McAvoy, the best all around of the bunch, the one with the, the higher pedigree, and you give him eight times eight, and you work from there. And then whatever Carl wants, and dime him, and you set. But that sets a standard of we're absolutely paying guys big right, money exactly. But this is this is what if you look at the comparables, I mean the Ekblads and the Dowdies and whoever else, 
you're comparing him to and at this age and with you know you could say he's he's injury prone but these injuries are all you know he never had a knee injury before that one, and these are just things that happen. And he's too, and he's still young. But you look at the way he's playing, and you're not going to mess around, and you can't mess around on D the way uh, some teams do. Teams in Toronto think you don't yeah. have to have a defenseman that that can be a you know a mainstay. So um, this is the way you do it. This is the way the, this is the way the Bruins way. You're built from the goal out, right? So you still got the goalie locked up a few years, and now you wait, lock wait, up wait, the next number goals, one D. Two twenty one goalies. That's right. Two twenty one goalies. One. That's right. And one and both of them assigned for next year too. Pretty amazing. Were you a Moog or Lemelin guy in ninety? Was it nineteen ninety? Yeah, I was. Uh, what the heck is hockey guy? I watched baseball and basketball. Okay. <laughs> Last time they had two twenty win goalies, so lost in the Cup Finals that year, right? I didn't even know where Boston was. Well, you're a man of uh, much knowledge now. So the, the quick, <laughs> the quick uh, thumbnail topics on Sunday skate. Any downside at all to the Chara signing? Where should Pasternak play, right? Or Johansson when he comes back? That's the guy that's going to get moved around more than. Right, exactly. Where do you, how do you juggle those top uh, three lines now? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Before we go to Toronto, we bring Chris in Plainville on to start us off this morning. Hi, Chris. Hey, hi guys. Uh, quickly, uh, Moog was competent, more competent goaltending wise from a skill standpoint. Reglin, uh, Reggie Lemlin was more the big game goalie, and uh, that's going to the way back machine. <laughs> there you similar. go. You were not too dissimilar from uh, Tuker and Halak. Right. Um, Anyways, uh, as far as Char is concerned, my praise to him is he's great on the PK, space heater, unbelievable, knows the game very well. He gets caught, his weakness uh, on defense uh, transitionally, his speed, that's his one negative part. Obviously, his leadership quality puts him over the top. Uh, as far as the playoffs, real quick, Connor Clifton, um, I think he's fantastic. I think he has the potential of being uh, this year's DeBrusque. Uh, influence in the playoffs from a defensive standpoint. I like his on-ice makeup. makeup. I think they need to find a spot for this kid. And, by the way, Babcock could be in trouble. Tavares trade all the uh, talent they have and look at what the Islanders are doing now. So, that's it, guys. See ya. Good stuff. All right, sounds uh, good. What about Clifton? Clifton's is, excellent. Is, is he's he going to play? Been, he's not going to play in the playoffs he unless they still have the injuries, but um, well, well, it's, well, it's Mil- kind of crazy. Kevin Miller's not coming back, right? That's pretty much... Oh, I, who said that? Well, he's not close. He's not... He's right, he's, skating well, this week. That, yeah, he started skating this week, so oh, he'll he be back. Yeah, I think okay. he skated this week. I think they said he's practicing, so he'll be. He should be back. I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge considering they said it wasn't going to be a big deal, and then they said uh, he's been out this long. It's kind of a funny thing. It reminds me of the days when Claude Julian once said that Brad Marchand wasn't injured per se, and then he missed like three weeks. But uh, when you look at that um, Clifton thing. He's been great. He's playing with Carlo, who's really covering his rear end a lot. I mean, he, you still see parts of that risky game that he brings to the AHL, Clifton. And, you know, the fact that he was asked to play on the wrong side, when you watch right-handed D's play the left side, it kind of boggles your mind how they could do it at all. I don't know. I'll never understand why it looks so funny and why guys have such a hard time with it. But he's done, you know, service will be well. Again, we, we talked about the po- opponents. Hasn't played against, you know, well, top-end opponents if, if at this get, point. If he is paired with Grizzlick. And a third pair, that could be an issue, right? Right, exactly. If he's not and if you Carlo. see, um, you're going to say Chara gets caught. Well, this kid's getting caught now and then. I mean, there, there, there's been some nice saves behind him. There's been some good play from Carlo. I mean, definitely a serviceable D. And it's it's kind of funny, too. At the beginning of the year, Don Sweeney was asked about where he's deepest in terms of prospects. And, of course, we talked about the forwards, Carlson and Frederick. Yeah. And actually, they're deeper on D because as far as NHL-ready players. Because when Vakanainen was up before he got dinged, he was really good. Clifton's been excellent in his small time here. His Lawson was really good when he was up here. If he, if he hadn't got banged up, he might have been up sooner because of the injuries. They're actually deeper on D in terms of prospects in the forwards because the forwards all come up here and, and fall and cry like babies. Freddie in New Hampshire. Good morning, Freddie. Hey, Fred. Morning, guys. How are you? Hey, good, good. N-O-R, Park, Bork, 
Chara, we're so lucky. You know, <laughs> we don't. Everyone know should say that. Everyone should know that. How lucky you are. Well, if you just open your eyes, right? I mean, it's in HD today. <laughs> I mean, you know, you see Chara play. You, you don't know what you got till it's gone, people. Exactly. Really, really. Anyways, I want to just talk about one one player, the greatest player ever to play this game. I want to wish a bladed birthday to Bobby Orr. Um, this guy is not just the best defenseman ever played. He is the greatest player to ever play. And you know why I say that? Because he made plays that people today don't even make. Okay? He used to rag the puck for 25 seconds on a penalty kill. And they would, couldn't take it away from him. Now, you could say, okay, that was back in the day and this and that. He was playing against the people he was playing against, his mentors. They couldn't get the puck away from him for 25 seconds. He would rag the puck and keep it out. He used to do this thing where he'd be on the goal line and he'd, they'd be killing the penalty. He'd flip the puck, almost hit the scoreboard, and drop down on the other side and kill 10 seconds doing that. Yep. I mean... You know, when you see a player that that you never you never see it again, you know he was the greatest ever. I mean, you talk about his plus minus 129. You know, Gretzky he had scored 251 points one year. You know, his plus minus was a plus 71. 215 <laughs> points, and he's a plus 71, and always a plus 124. Come on. Well, Freddie, it, yeah, he won eight Norris trophies in a row. Chara's going to go to the Hall of Fame winning one. I mean, just in comparison, it's pretty hard to believe, actually. Well, it, it's true, but um, the other point I want to make about it, or is in, in 1976, in the first summit in 72, he couldn't play because his knee was gone. In 76, he played the world on one leg, and he was the MVP. Okay? And I told Gretzky to his face who was the best player in the world. The, <laughs> there you go, Freddie. Nice. Game three of the 88 playoffs were, down, were, were drowning our sorrows at the Purple Shamrock. It was across the street from uh, the State House, right? You stay, she, hey, that's where I met my wife. Huh? I met my wife the at the Purple Shamrock. Shamrock. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I look. They used to have a big picture window. I look, and there's Gretzky, Messier, and Marty McSorley walking by. And I'm thinking, it's game three. You haven't won anything yet. What are you doing out celebrating? So, Spoiler alert, time. they still won. <laughs> well, it's true. The light went out you know, the next game and everything else. But, so I, come, I came running out of the, out of the Pearl Shamrock. He had gone past us. I said, Mr. Gretzky, Mr. Gretzky. He turned around. He, I put out my hand like I'm an adoring fan. He turns around and goes to shake my hand. I said, you're good, but you're not great. You couldn't tie or skate, <laughs> which was a play on words. And Messier goes, we don't want any, we don't want any tr- trouble, Wayne. He turned around. They ran. To, they didn't run, but they turned around, <laughs> went to the corner, got in a taxi, and took off. I loved it. All right, guys. Take care. You told him, Freddie. Right. There you go. Hey, we got a text here that says, we got a text here that says, does Chara remain captain? Yes, absolutely. Strip the captain? He retires with the C. Why would you want to strip it from him? First of all, he's on record that when he gives it, when he's gone, Bergeron is the heir apparent. We all know it's going to be. He has said it. And, you know, Patrice Bergeron 
humble as he is, he's not going to take it from the guy. I mean, what kind of insult would that be? There's no reason whatsoever. They're already paying him less than John Moore. I mean, exactly. How much more do you want to do? I mean, the guy is the captain. This is, you know, hate to tell it, break it to you folks, but the guy who Patrice Bergeron looks up to is Adano Chara. Just because Patrice Bergeron might, you know, have different leadership skills and they might have play different roles on this team, you know, one's the C and one's the A. That's the way it goes. Sunday Skate is presented by Star Market and Wise Snacks coming up. Behind enemy lines, I always hated that, but we're talking to a guy who knows the Leafs, and it's coming, two weeks away. A little preview, a little taste of what it's going to be like. Bruins and Toronto Maple Leafs, first round series. We'll talk to Mike Zeisberger, longtime NHL reporter, next here on Sunday Skate. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Here's Chara walking down Broadway. He scores! Sedano Chara's 200th goal in the National Hockey League. 22nd player as a defenseman in NHL history to get to 200 goals. There'll be a couple others joining him shortly. I think Bufflin is close and Brent Burns is rocketing up the charts. So Chara with 200 and it only took him 21 years to get there, Matt. So he's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> took his time, but he made it. It felt like 21 years between 199 and 200. Yep. I'll be uh, leading the Bruins uh, as a captain back to the playoffs uh, here for the third year in a row. And it certainly appears that two weeks from Thursday, it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs again, TD Garden, as it was last year. It's appeared that way since January. Yeah. Not a whole lot different, although John Tavares was the big free agent uh, acquisition in the offseason. He went to Toronto and did not come to Boston. Mike Zeisberger covers the Leafs and all things NHL for NHL.com. And he joins us now for a little bit of a preview What's going on, Mike? Thanks for getting up early with us. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you know how can you not be uh, how can you not be inspired by Char? I mean, uh, forty-one years old, two hundred career goals, uh, contract extension yesterday. But even more than that, I mean, you know that that really good young cachet of Bruins defense around him seems to have allowed him to find the the fountain of youth because. You know, he's he's playing as effective hockey as I've seen in a long time. That's going to be really important against the Leafs team that is probably known more for its hustle than muscle. Absolutely. And you know what? What I really want to know is how deep inside the Maple Leafs' brains are the Bruins right now between the Marchand tweet and now Babcock and Dubas battling. What's going on up there? Are Are they just panicking about the Bruins? I don't think it's gotten to that point, Maddie. I think that, well, number one, I, I mean, you know, it's Toronto. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, Babcock said the other day, and he was right, that, you know, the, the Leafs have been missing, uh, obviously, for about a month, a couple of their uh, top defensemen, uh, even though he had a lousy uh, third period of Game 7 against the Bruins, or a great great one from a Bruins fan's perspective, but uh, Jake Gardner has been out, uh, you know, with a back injury. Um, you know, they don't they don't know if he'll be back for the playoffs, but um, and they missed a couple of other regulars too, and it's been shown in the back end. Even though they got Jake Muzzin uh, in a deal with the Los Angeles Kings, and I thought that was a good deal. He brings sandpaper to a team that I think uh, still needs some more, but you know, the Leafs went through that span about a week and a half ago, guys, where they, they allowed 26 goals in five games. Yeah. And so Babcock makes the comment the other day, you know what, I mean, 
we do, we don't have we have to work on our depth. We don't have the type of depth like the top teams. And immediately people started connecting the dots because that's what they do in hockey praise Toronto. <laughs> but this was a shot at Kyle Dubas who for the last 4 years um as assistant GM was running the farm system that he didn't provide enough of a you know, enough prospects or depth on the back end for them to to compete with the Tampas and the Nashvilles, and he didn't mention them by name, but obviously the Boston Bruins, and all of a sudden you have yourself a controversy, guys, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of got nipped in the bud pretty quick. Uh, I don't really think that that's so much. Now, Marshawn's tweet uh, about Marner and uh, getting... You know, anything less, you know, don't settle for anything less than $12 million. I thought that was really funny. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure that Dubas should have responded to that. Right. I think, I think when we talk about the Bruins getting to the Leafs' head, heads, it's more like what do we have to do mm-hmm. to beat this team because we don't match up well against them. And I think that's been proven, um, you know, over the last 14 months. And it's going to be up to the Leafs to find a way to do it because, uh, you know, uh, the Bruins have shown that they have the recipe to be able to slow down the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, uh, you know, I think I would have to think that this is a matchup that the Bruins uh, will be will at least have been looking forward to. We're talking to Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. Mike, if Toronto does win the series, how does it happen? What the, what has to happen for the Leafs to win? Um. Well, for a number of things. Number one, goaltending. I mean, you know, guys, I think we forget sometimes because of the outcome last year that going into the third period of Game 7 last year in Boston, the Toronto Maple Leafs were winning that game by a goal. And then, um, you know, they kind of defensively eroded. Uh, But the other thing was um, Freddie Anderson needed to make a save. And you know, he did not play well in the series last year. Uh, there were little blips in time where we, where he did have, um, you know, a, a game, a game and a half, where you thought, okay, this is the type of backbone the Leafs need. But then he kind of leaked a little bit. Hey, let's be honest. I, I remember going into Boston in, for Game 7, and a lot of the stories that were coming out before that game was how Tuka Rask hadn't really had sure. that great of a series. So, um you know, you might think that to say goaltending is a slam dunk, but, you know, given the fact that neither goalie played that great last year, um, I think that's number one. And number two, uh, I think that Austin Matthews has to take the next step. Uh, he got smothered by Bergeron last year, uh, and he's not the only guy that uh, can make that claim over the years. Bergey obviously is one of the best defensive forwards in the National Hockey League, but... Um, Austin Matthews is now in his third year. He only got two points in seven games last year. That's the same number that Roman Polak had, so that can't happen again. He's never going to be Eric Lindros in terms of his size, but he's got to go to the dirty areas, and the Bruins did a great job of keeping him on the periphery. Austin Matthews can be a difference maker, okay? But he has to take the next step. Kind of like Connor McDavid did a couple of years ago when he went up against Ryan Getzlaff. Yep. You're going to get a lot of extra treatment stuff. I don't know what you guys want to call it. <laughs> Stick work, 
you know, uh, any of that stuff. When you're a player of his stature, nobody does that better in terms of defensively smothering you than the Boston Bruins. He has to find a way. Um, if Anderson and Matthews are the Leafs' best players, then I think they have a chance. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's funny with Matthews. You know, you talk about the playoffs and 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 playing that extra, you know, finding that extra gear and, and doing the things they have to do to win in the playoffs. But even in the regular season, I mean, you you see him a lot more than I do. But I I never get the feeling that Austin Matthews takes losing or or takes you know a hard defense defensive opponent uh, takes it you know takes it takes it seriously or takes it or gets angry about it. You know, you talk about those games last week where they gave up all those goals, and at no point I watched. A good chunk of those games, and I, I never once saw Austin Matthews take it personally that the Leafs were getting smoked the way they were. And he, I'm always waiting for him, the way Patrice Bergeron would, you know, make a big play or even you know some even a physical play to to kind of send the message to, to wake his, his team up. I never get the idea that Austin Matthews wants to kind of grab the reins like that. Have you seen him, you know, take these steps in the regular season at least? I've actually, Maddie, I did the first time I really saw it was. Um about a month ago, they had a big uh, comeback against the Montreal Canadiens. Right. Uh, they were yep. down three to nothing at home, and they came back. And they were um, in the third period. They ended up winning five to three. But there was a play in the third period where Shea Weber kind of got in his face, um, and he he came back and knocked Shea Weber down. They might have both gone down. Wasn't like a huge hit or anything. But he did not back down from Shea Weber, and I know mm-hmm. a couple of his teammates said, like, wow, that's kind of, you know, was impressive for us to see. He went through a lull again, but the last two games, um, the game against Buffalo the other night, the 4-2 victory, and that, that kind of snapped that four losses in five-game streak. Um, he was as dominant as I've seen him. Uh, in the National Hockey League, and that includes his debut where he scored four goals. <laughs> he looked like a triple-A player playing against my team in the beer league. Like, <laughs> the Sabres couldn't... Now, granted, it's the Sabres, and they've had a, a tough year, but he would dominate shifts, and guys could not get the puck off him. They would mm-hmm. try to check. They would try to... And after the game, he came out and he said that, you know... He and his teammates have been pissed at the way they had played, sure. and that's the first time that I saw fire. That's good. Last night, you don't see it on the score sheet, but he had 16 attempts, wow. 16 shot attempts last night. They didn't go in. Um, you know, the Rangers played good de- defense, and I know I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong, but uh, George Yeb, yep. uh, the Rangers goalie, he was outstanding. He stood on his head, but Matthews was dominant again. And you'd like to think that that, at least from a perspective of a lot of these Leaf fans out there, you'd like to think that this is a kid that's all of a sudden can can smell the playoffs coming up and is is sniffing is stepping on the gas pedal. Um, but one thing I will say, guys, and you mentioned Tavares too, the one thing the Bruins have to smother both these guys is they have Bergeron and Chara. Right. And my, I would suspect that, um, you know, Bergie will be on, uh, on, on Matthews again against that line. And then because Tavares has, has kind of taken a new role this year, guys, he, he, uh, on the power play, but even, even, uh, even when it's five on five, he's been planting himself right in the goal creek. Right. Um, he's got 41 goals, and I think over half of them sure. have come from within two feet. 
But you know what? It's hard to get within two feet of the goal line when uh, you got to go up against Zdeno Chara. So um, that's the one thing that the Bruins have that a lot of teams don't. They have two guys that can smother uh, opposing forwards no matter how good they are. Well, real quick, Mike, uh, did Babcock take heat in Toronto last year for not getting Matthews away from some of those matchups? And, and is, is he on the hot seat? But I mean, if he loses in the thir- first round three years in a row, any chance they would make a change? You know what? There's rumblings around here, but the, there's always rumblings about things here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I would be, I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and no, I don't think he took that much heat because once again. They were in position to win that game in the third period. So it's not like, um, you know, they were dominated throughout. They were dominated in the first two games. Um, but I think Mike Babcock is trying to get them to understand, and he's said this before, sometimes you have to get smacked in the face to learn from it. And he very much hopes, especially the way the Bruins dominated them in the first two games last year, he very much hopes that... Um, some of his younger players uh, learned their lesson last year against the Bruins. So we'll have to see. Mike, thanks so much for the insight. We'll be talking again soon, I hope. All right. Thanks for having right, me on you. this morning, guys. And uh, we'll, you know, uh, if things uh, keep along the lines, we'll see you in Boston yep. in a couple weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. Time. You got it. There's Mike Seisberger from NHL.com, Leafs writer, hockey writer for a long time. He's been around uh, a lot of different circuits. And, uh, you know, I think he makes some good points. Uh, about Matthews, Tavares may be the more important guy of the series then, if it's going to be Bergeron. Yeah, and you know Matthews. what the most important guys in the series are from the Bruins' perspective in that case, and now that I think about it more, because obviously that is the one difference, like you said, that Tavares is on this team opposed to last year, is if you're going to break up, if Chara McAvoy are going to play against one line and Bergeron's going to play against the Matthews line, well, obviously, you know, whatever forward group is playing in front of Chara and McAvoy against that Tavares line is going to have to be you know, up to the up to the task, and is it Krejci's line, or is it you know, when Corrali was healthy, you might have leaned on Corrali's line against the heavier line, but now you're maybe talking if either the coil line or maybe it has to be the Krejci line, and that puts a lot more you know, comes back. responsibility you, on, the on the Bruts. Thing, make Krejci great again. Give right, him but Pasternak. If you're talking about matching weapons. up against Tavares' line, you don't want Pasternak on that line. You sure want do. someone more responsible, no, no, a two-way no. guy like Johansson. Fight fire with fire. And then all, obviously also the, by the same token, whatever defense pair is going to play with Bergeron against Matthews, Krug and Carlo, Grizzlick and Carlo, Grizzlick and Miller. Who's healthy? Who can really, you know, take on that responsibility? You, you, I, do you, after talking to Mike, do you still think it's going to be an easy series? Backpedaling he, towards he, seven he's got games me, more? He's got me convinced that maybe the Leafs are more of a challenge. Maybe it goes six. I think Freddie Anderson has so much to, uh, to live up to. Yep. He can have a great series. The Bruins could still win. So maybe, I mean, we've seen plenty of playoff series where both goalies play great. So, Obviously, he he can answer, and I, I you know it comes down to we didn't get into this, but you look at the ice time, and and especially in that playoff series, the way Babcock he doesn't ride his horses the way he should. I mean, Matthews hardly got any ice time, and you could say, well, maybe he wasn't earning it, but it's the playoffs, and what do you have to lose? Get your best player out there more often, and like you said, get him away from Bergeron. You I know, one so. way to do it is double shift him, right? And uh, we don't see Babcock that. Got out coached, and Cassidy. even in the regular season, you don't see. Matthew's playing a lot of minutes some nights, and so uh, that'll be interesting to see. And but that, that, that's obviously the key here is all the Leafs, and obviously with Kadri in the series, and not suspended, assuming he doesn't do anything stupid this time around. You know, three one through three down the middle, they might be stronger than the Bruins, depending on your opinion on Charlie Coyle at this point. Coming up, the Wise Snacks Player of the Week, and Matt Kalman tells us once and for all: Does Haggerty watch the whole game, or does he stand at the snack <laughs> bar the entire time? 
We'll discuss that coming up on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. All right, time for the Wise Snacks Player of the Week presented by Wise Snacks. Kalman was, I thought it was a... Uh, Zidane Chara slam dunk. I'm going to let you make your case, though, for somebody else. Chara's 200th goal last night, fifth goal of the year, 22nd defenseman ever, signs the contract extension. Uh, well, Brad Marchand obviously had a big week, too. I mean, he uh, had his usual dominant play on, off, on the ice, and then he dominated Twitter. That's true. He, he had the signature tweet against Hags. So does Hags stand at the snack bar at the games? I'm going to plead the fifth because I know he has his, he has his henchmen out there <laughs> looking for me. I, I, I have to start my own. Unless you want to start my car for me. I'm going to plead the fifth. Yeah, Hags, he used to work at EEI, so he's uh, he's friendly with his territory. No, he and Bradford get along. I don't think he would go after the, the EEI Bruins. Or do you guys hate each other? I plead the fifth. I see. I- I'm going to read the text here that says this is the greatest show on EEI. All right. Well, so who is it? Marshan for the tweet? Oh, no, saying? it's got to be Char, of course. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, we've got to give the big guy something. All right, Big Z, who got uh, two million down from, f- well, he's made seven, he made like almost seven million this year, right, with the incentives this year? Char was at yeah, five six, million base, and then yeah, six, I think close to six, yeah, or, or close to seven, yeah. So he's going to make uh, he's taking a, a four million dollar like pay like cut, a th- yeah, three or four million dollar pay cut to stay with the Boston Bruins in a city that still says, oh, he gets beat because you know in twenty five minutes on the ice against the other team's top line, sometimes the puck gets behind him and he has to turn to get it. <laughs> and now he's an amateur GM, as uh, Don Sweetie said. He's got uh, great uh, awareness of the B salary cap situation. Third oldest oldest Bruin to ever score a goal too. After last night, the Wise Snacks Player of the Week brought to you by Wise Snacks and the Wise Snacks Extra Cheesy Cheese Doodles and Bravo Stadium's Nachos available and now. And I can promise you, Char probably hasn't eaten any of that. <laughs> That's right. He's got the new uh, uh, Unless it's TV plant-based. The recent 100-point season for the Bruins, real quick, because they're there already. They're at 101 points. They have 14 points left to play, so you could get up over 110 again this year. Last year, of course, we know they lost to Tampa in five. Before that, you go back to 2014 was the last that was the, when they had 117 points. Yep. Lost to Montreal. Lost to the Canadians in the semis. In seven games. Right. Year before that, lost to, no, two years prior to that, lost to the Capitals in seven games. Okay. Had 102 points that year. The year they won the Cup, they had 100 points. And then the other two 100-point seasons, they lost to Carolina that year. Yep. 2009. Mark Recchi with his kidney stones. Right. In seven games. And another seven-game loss in 2004 before the lockout. They lost to the Canadians in round one. Yep. So Joe Thornton with his broken ribs. Right. So they set themselves up for a... Stay healthy. I think that the uh, the moral of the story is stay healthy and and it looks like Tampa's going to get Carolina now, right? Because Columbus is fading. Oh, I, you can't really project who they're going to play at this point. It's just a it's just a, a turkey shoot down there. I mean, really, they're going to get Carolina. It, it could be Pittsburgh, Carolina. It could be Montreal. It could be Columbus. Are you counting Columbus out? They're three points out. No, I'm not counting Columbus. That's morning. what I'm saying. But it, with Tampa's going to be the one seed. They're going to take the second wild right. card. So it could be any of those. It could be Carolina, Columbus, or Montreal. Really, I mean, Pittsburgh's probably clear of them, but. All right, tomorrow night, the big game in Tampa, 7.30. Then they play the Rangers and the uh, Panthers at home. Uh, next time we talk, we'll have four games left in the regular season, Matty. And uh, at that point, still another two weeks to preview the Leafs. So maybe we'll have yeah, Iceberger on again. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, at that point, we'll be predict- I'll, be, I'll be predicting that the Bruins are going to sweep the Leafs. So there you go. All right, if you go to the Purple Shamrock, uh, take a little bow to where Matt met his wife and where Fred in New Hampshire yelled at Wayne Gretzky. That's the theme of the day. Coming up, Chris Villani's here for four hours with, uh, I think, Reamer for two and Drellick for two. So he's... It's the Chris Villani Show on the way next. They'll talk a little Bruins, but I got a feeling a little more Kraft, a little more Kyrie and the uh, Celtics, the more drama in town. Both teams are, are, both entities are sorry. 
All right, Sunday Skate, back next week. See you.